0: Father God,
1: we want to come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, dear God, for this opportunity once again to get your gospel out throughout the world. Bless these messages in Jesus' name. Amen. What we're going to share today is a message first by my wife, recorded in our television studio, our chapel, live audience at World Ministries International. Both of these messages were... The first one, While Men Slept. And the second one, I'm sharing, how to keep demons from returning to your life. How to keep your deliverance. Now, let's begin.
2: Oh, thank you very much. I'm so privileged to be able to share this message today with you, While Men Slept. So if we read the book of Matthew 13, verse 24 to 30, Now, Jesus was speaking about a parable, and it goes like this, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man, which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in the field? From whence then has its tares come from? He said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servants said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while we gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up. But gather the wheat into my barn. Now, Jesus is explaining about a parable, comparing it to the kingdom of God. But my emphasis will be while men slept. While men slept, you know, there's physical sleep and there's spiritual sleep. Everybody sleeps, but not everybody sleeps spiritually. There are people who are actually spiritually awake and spiritually alert. Even when they're physically asleep, they're able to sense things in the realms of the spirit. Now, when Jesus was explaining to them concerning this parable, he told the disciples, It has been given unto you to know the mystery of the kingdom of heaven, but not to them. It means anybody that is a follower of Christ has been given the privilege to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. It is for every believer, but they have to be spiritually awake and spiritually discerning. And all this comes also with the emphasis on the importance of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and a close walk with God in prayer and reading the word and also fasting. If you read the parable, you see that the enemy came in and sowed the tares and then left. It means that the enemy can come in into a family, into the churches, into the nations. He can do damage and people will not be aware of what he has done because people are sleeping. If you look at it this way in this time that we're living in, the church is asleep. There are things that you see the manifestation of them now that were not there initially. You see now the church has been so perverse and there's so much corruption within the church. You could see the manifestation of Satan's work within the church which was not there many, many years ago. Now in the church, you find they call what is evil good. You hear of psychics coming into the church, calling them prophets. You hear of people who are for killing of children. You hear of people who would allow people who do things unnaturally to be able to preach and teach the people. You hear of drug queens coming to teach the children. What does that mean? The church slept and the enemy came in, and they sowed tares within the fields of the wheat. Now, prayerlessness usually causes people to be spiritually asleep. There's something I want to say, and it's like an emphasis. When God shows you something, when God warns you something in the realms of, it could be in a dream. It could be he has set a watchman over a family, over a church, or over a nation. And if the watchman sees something and then warns you about it, and you do not act on it, you procrastinate. Or you say, well, God will do it. Well, God will make sure that everything will be fine. But no, Jesus said, watch and pray. You have to watch and pray. After you watch, you pray. But the minute you do not do what he has said to do, if God gives a prophecy over your life and he says, well, in five years, you will be doing this and that. In five years, I'll raise this person up and this and that. But when you sleep on it and you do not act on it, the enemy will also sort tears. listen. When the Lord gives a prophecy, the enemy is near To hear what the Lord is saying about you. And the minute he hears about it. He's already set you as a target. He's going to war against you. So what you'll do. The enemy will always sow tears. Where God has sown his good seed. Amen. Now. If you have heard about the prophecies over your life, you need to war for it. There's a reason why Paul told Timothy, he said, war a good warfare for the prophecies that has been spoken over your life. If God says you will live until 100, you're supposed to work on it because the enemy will sow sickness and disease in your life. But you have to war because God spoke it. The Bible says the words of Jesus are spirit and life. And also Satan, when he speaks, his words can be spirit and life as well you understand what i'm saying it's the same thing the satan usually tries to replicate the kingdom of god so when you when you have a, it's like when you have a child and, and God comes and say, well, this child, I will raise this child to be a prophet over the nations. You just don't say, well, we're just going to watch the child and see him grow up and to become a prophet. No, the enemy will make him a target. He'll start sowing seed in his life. He'll start watching things that are not supposed to be watched. He'll start being exposed to his peers. There's some things that the enemy will bring into the child's life to cause him not to become what God wants him to be. If you read the parable, it says, once they realized that the tears were there and they asked the sower, Should we go take out what the enemy has sowed? He said, no, lest you damage the good seed that he had sowed initially. Now there's some things that you might find your child has been brought up in the things of God, but the enemy will come in and sow his own things. But when they have grown up, they have grown together. They have grown together the same size. The same seed you sowed as a parent and the same seed Satan sowed into that person's life. But there are times when you attempt to try to root out what the enemy has done to that child. You cause more damage than it was. There's a reason why the sower said, wait until the time of the harvest. He said, do not pull it out. You know, the weeds will start to choke the life of God out of that child as they grow up. And there are times when even now you've seen the manifestation of all this evil see that you have seen in the child. And you try to talk to the child and say, don't you remember the things we taught you about in church? You're supposed to be like this and that. And the person will rebel even more. The person will go deeper and under. And even to a point that they'll become worse than they were before. But Jesus said, wait until the harvest. There's a harvest of souls right now. There's seasons of harvest whereby this same person who's being rebellious at this hour, when the time comes and Jesus wants to draw that person near to him, what he will do, he will release reapers. Here it says the sower released reapers to be able to harvest and take out all the tares that the enemy has sowed in that field and burn them. And then he'll gather the good wheat to himself. It means there's some seasons and a manifestation where people will be called unto God. You see somebody who comes and preach an evangelist who come and preach in a community and people who come drawing to him and they want to give their lives to God. It means somebody prayed. It means there's a time and a season for that person to release all the wickedness in their hearts. Everybody here, there was a time, maybe you're not living for God, but the season came, the harvest came that your soul was supposed to be harvested into the kingdom of God. When you laid down your life before him and Jesus released his fire and consumed all the wickedness from within until you came to a point, he said, Lord, I will live for you and live for you alone. It is the time of the harvest, even the prayers you're doing for your children, what you have to do there's some things you can't root them out right now they're so deeply rooted that you cannot root them out but if you read the book of Matthew it says now the axe has been laid upon the trees every tree that does not bear good fruit shall be cast down it all comes to a point of a harvest when the time comes that God has said this because the scripture says God knows who belongs to him there are people who are not in the kingdom now but they're actually his He knows the time and season where he'll harvest their soul to himself. He will lay his axe upon the root of everything that he did not. sow. if you go back to the Matthew chapter five, it talks about Jesus said, every plant that the father did not plant will be rooted out from its roots, from its roots, the onset of where it started, not just the branches or the stem. No, it's from the roots. He will root out from where it started, but it, it all comes to patience and endurance. Because a good weed will be able to withstand all the competition of the weeds. it will be able to withstand and be strong and be able to stand and grow. As it grows, the weed grows. But there are times when the tear will not choke the life completely out of the plant. It will withstand it. If you're a farmer, you know that. I'm sure Karen understands that. There's sometimes you see weeds and they're all glowing together. But you wait for a certain season and then you pull the weeds out first before you pull the plant out first. But this is just a message of encouragement to the parents upon this place and also the church itself. When the time comes when Jesus will come and overthrow the evil government and place his own, it will be a time of harvest whereby he'll come and become the king of the earth and he'll rule and reign. But he'll take out all the weeds, all the tears that the enemy had sowed over the thousands and thousands of years. His work will be ended in one day. Until the harvest Jesus says until the harvest that's when he released his reapers to be able to collect all that But today I want to talk about all the sleeping part Because the church has been asleep in the family. We've been asleep in nations People have been asleep and the enemy has done more damage than we could ever think of We are trying to patch up the symptoms, but we are forgetting the root cause of the problem Paul said to Timothy People will be lovers of themselves, proud, they'll be abusive, they'll be ungrateful, they'll be disobedient towards their parents. But all this thing you see, he had already foreseen it before it came to pass. He said, "People will, not people are. People will." He already saw it. But what happened is the churches fell asleep, and all these things just came into the church. You know, in the churches of America were places where people in other countries would watch and just wonder, like, "How come this is just such a great nation with men of God arising from this nation?" and suddenly now it's like flop you don't hear of anything great anymore it's such a pity you hear of people saying well I don't want to go there because well it's no longer what I thought it would be when I was a child I remember I lived with a family my family were raised in Britain and I remember them sometimes they would go back to London and stuff like that but I always said well I'll probably end up in America because you know of the good things I heard about it you know, the good things I heard about it. But suddenly, now it's no longer talked about all over the place. You hear people say, well, I'd rather find somewhere else to go because we're looking at America and we're wondering what happened to this great nation. The country fell asleep, spiritual asleep, and they let things slip by. And now we are seeing the manifestation of wickedness within the country. Now you need to understand that God sets watchmen over families, over churches, and over nations. Not everybody can be able to see, but we are all called to watch and pray. There are times when we'll be praying and somebody else will see and come and warn you about it. Just like Pastor was telling you the prophecies, warnings we received from his doctors and stuff like that. When I received that, I started praying immediately because I remember the Lord saying to me that, Adalia, you've been asleep for too long, you need to wake up because if you don't wake up, the enemy will overtake you. I had prayed for a long season and then I came to a halt. I got hit so hard by the enemy, I could not get up from what he hit me by. And I was like, I was just slothful. I wasn't the same as I was. Until the Lord released his warning and said, you need to wake up, wake up before he comes and overtakes your whole home and destroys your family and the ministry. You better wake up. So I started praying even before we saw the manifestation of the attack upon pastor's life. You need to understand when you are spiritually awake and praying, it will reduce the impact of what the enemy will do. Yes, he probably would come to pass, but the impact will be reduced. It wouldn't be so massive to a point that the person is destroyed. So... Once you're given the warning, you're not supposed to sleep and procrastinate and say, well, I will do it later. Or I'll just wait until, well, God will do it. God will fix it. No, it doesn't work like that. Where the Lord speaks, the enemy is listening and he'll come and try to cause destruction. We're still seeing the circumstances where people are victims whereby the wheat and the tares are growing side by side. You're talking about transgenerational issues. If you start to think back of the things that are happening in your life or the life of your children, you, you, you start to you see a pattern and you see thousands. thousand like many years ago. You see your grandmother was like that. Your great grandmother was like that. And everything is just happening all the way down. It happened to your life. You bore a child and it's happening also to your child as well. Did you fall asleep? Because once you see this kind of manifestation happening in your life, you're supposed to wake up and cut it down before you see the manifestation upon your child's life. You need to deal with it before it actually grows and starts to manifest to the next generation. If you don't deal with it now, you will see it in your children. And if your children do, do not deal with it, then, then you'll see it happening to their children's children. These are these are tears that the enemy sowed in the bloodline for many generations and it just keeps growing and it keeps growing stronger and stronger and until a person within the family rises up and says this is the end of it, it shall end with me. You shall not see this happening within our home or within our children again. How many of you have seen so much perversion in your family, and your bloodline, and you see everything, people just going out of wedlock, people entering uh, the spirit of whoredom attacking the home, in that you hear of suddenly your child is a lesbian, or your son is a homosexual, or somebody sleeping around, and you wonder what is happening, I'm a Christian, I did this, no. Jesus said in the book of Ephesians, no, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14, awake, awake, thou that sleepeth, I rise from the dead and Christ will give you light. When When you hear of Christ giving you light, light usually brings, exposes the darkness, it exposes what's hidden that needs to be dealt with. So you need to cut the roots, cut the root, cut the plant from the root and not just the the symptoms and the manifestation. Sometimes talking to someone does not solve the situation. You need to go back and start praying and watching until you root it out completely. Many years ago, I remember I went into prayer of fasting for over 40 days and I prayed day and night and suddenly I saw a vision. In that vision, I saw the most tallest tree that went up high to the sky. And suddenly I saw a hand, just a hand, and it held the tree from from the trunk. And lifted it from the roots. And I could see the roots. How it had spread all around. It was rooted out. And suddenly I heard the voice that says. Father I have done it. What happened is. There's some generational issues. That were in my bloodline. That had been there for many generations. And through prayer and fasting. And reading the word. And also appealing to Christ to root it out. And then what is In the realms of the spirit. A generational problem was solved. That's how. Things happen, but you have to be aware. I know that people say, well, I don't see vision. I don't see dreams, but there's some dreams that you saw or you saw in your, you saw or you discerned, but you forgot about it. Jesus usually always show his people things to come. You have to be aware. You have to say, Lord, I don't know. Maybe I'm spiritually blind, but I open my eyes so I can see. There's sometimes the Lord will show you an accident that's about to happen to edge for you from your family member. Somebody's about to die before their time. And when He does that, you're supposed to stand in His Word and war against it. It is not a prophecy. It's a warning. There's a difference. When God gives you a warning, you can be able to, to avert the enemy's destruction upon a place and upon a nation. You heard about so many prophets of this country where they spoke about the destructions that you're seeing happening now. They spoke about it. They went all over the place and they spread the word. It is coming. It is coming. Something is about to happen. Do this, do that. But the church fell asleep. God will do it for us. No. We are supposed to. God has released his word. You're supposed to act on his word. There's an emphasis, if you see the life of Jesus, yes, he was God working on, walking on earth, but he always prayed. What does that mean? You can't just sit and let God solve things for you. You have to pray for him to be able to intervene in your life and in the life of your children, in the life of your spouses. If you know very well that there's a yardstick that the Lord has set over someone's life and the enemy wants to cut them off before their time, you're supposed to wake up and contend against the enemy. You said, no, this is not what God told me. This is not so. This is not so. So according to the word of God, I root you out from the roots. You contend, you contend. Sometimes it takes longer than you would like. Sometimes it takes longer. How many, of, how many have heard of stories about somebody being saved because of a grandmother's prayer? A grandmother prayed or a parent prayed? There was a lady who I remember. She was so much in drug addiction. She gave she gave her testimony into our church before. Uh, sometimes I watched it. She was in drug addiction. She was raised in the church, but she became a drug addict. She just you know she did everything filthy you can think of. But suddenly one one of the times when she was doing drugs, she overdosed and then her heart stopped. And then when her heart stopped, so what she found was, she said she found herself in the most hottest place she could ever imagine. She said it was so hot. I needed water. I needed something to drink. It was scary. It was dark and she said the only thing she could hear she could hear her mother pray. Lord Jesus that you may deliver my child she could hear the voice of her mother and she wondered and suddenly when she recognized her mother's voice she said Jesus help me Jesus help me and what happened Her hand delivered her from the fire and then she was taken out and she said if it wasn't wasn't for my my mother's prayer I would be dead and I would be burning in hell by now and anytime she says she always cries because she said my mother prayed me out of my circumstances so when you see all these things happening into your life or the life of your children and you just sit there and go like, well, we want to be buddies. We want to be friends. No, no, no. You're not supposed to. You'll be held accountable. When you stand before Jesus, he would wonder, well, didn't I show you? Did I show you that this was about to happen? Didn't I tell you to act on it? But all you did was sleep, sleep, sleep. And I'm not talking about physical sleep. I'm talking about spiritual sleep. What, what you do not overcome now, your, your children will have to fight against it. Your children will have to fight against it. And in every generation like I said God will always raise someone but that person has to be awake he doesn't have it doesn't fall on everybody there are people who would never be able to wake up they're too lazy to wake up too lazy to fight for their loved ones too lazy it's all about themselves but if you love someone for sure like you say you love them you would fight for them you would contend for them in the church there's some things we can't root them out it's too deep Some of it is too deep. I remember pastor saying about how President Trump wanted to drain the swamp. Then he found out it's an ocean. It was too deep. (laughs) It was too deep. But you need to realize when the time of the harvest comes, we have to just keep going and keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. When in, in 2019, I remember we were in South Carolina and then I couldn't sleep that night. I was tossing and turning, my stomach was this big. I was trying to sleep, I was pregnant though. And then suddenly I felt the presence of Jesus come into the room and I said, Lord, what is it? He said, Adalia, I'm about to overturn Roe weight. And he said, I will break the cedars of Lebanon. It's called a cedar of Lebanon. Why? Because that cedar is a very strong tree, isn't it? And it grows so high. There's some things that are so high and so strong, it's so hard to root out. And some things it takes Christ to be able to decrease something for it to be rooted out. And I remember waking up after some time and I, I said, I asked John, what does robust weight mean? Because I didn't know. I'm a foreigner in this country I didn't know what it's all about And, and pastor said well it is um it is a law in the land that has been there about abortion and I said oh no in my head I was like unbelief just came into my mind I was like how long has it been there I googled 50 of those over 50 years and I thought to myself that's too long is that gonna happen? And I sit in front of a church, but trust me, for a while I was, you know, bombarded by so much unbelief. I thought to myself, it can't be. Yes, the Lord said it, but I thought it was too strong of a law for it to be overturned in this country. But in this year, in this year when I heard about it, I fell and I cried. I said, Jesus, you did it. You said it. You did it. Yes, there's some states who would still, you know, just you know, go on with it. But the fact remains that he gave the choice to choose. Does the state want to keep it or just release it? And that's an example—a tree as high as the cedar of Lebanon. But Jesus said, "I would break it. I would break it." And that's how a law of fifty years was able to overturn. It didn't. The people didn't do it. The people didn't do it. People have prayed over the years but the Supreme Court were able to stand for it. But it took contention. It didn't have to be the person who was there, the president or whomsoever. No, people prayed. That's why you see the manifestation of things being rooted out. When somebody gets saved, it doesn't have to be the evangelist that came that don't even know the person. Somebody prayed for that person, for the harvest to come to pass. Somebody prayed. And it's so it so that you might, you might be trying to wonder, well, am I, what am I even doing trying to pray for this person to get out of it? But until the harvest time comes, the person who his soul will be harvested and be drawn to the kingdom of God. And there's some things, sometimes people say, well, I would never be a Christian. I would, yeah. When the time comes and God releases his power, the person will forget everything he ever said that I will never do it. That person will fall under the power of God and will be in awe and wonder and said, Christ, I will give you my life. How many people have seen that? Even people who have been priests, Satanic priests, sudden there's one called Ramirez. He was a Satanic priest. He said, Satan is his father. He proudly said that and how he would attack Christians in his community. When Christians are busy sleeping, he said, you know, the funny thing is this is a real, now he's a, he's a real minister. You can look him up. He said in a community, there was a lot of people where people just slept and he could not do he could do anything he wants in their home because he'll be able to transport himself in the realms of the spirit. But he said there was only one home he couldn't enter because that home was, was, was filled with prayerful people. And he said there was one woman who prayed that house down until there was fire around the house. I'm talking about spiritual fire around the house. He could not enter. But he said the people were asleep. That's why he could do whatever he would want. Because he said the Christians in that community were asleep asleep. But there's only one woman in the whole estate that prayed until fire would just turn the whole house into a fiery furnace that he could not enter. And Jesus said in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, chapter 5, 14, awake, awake, thou that sleepeth, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. See, then you walk so. Still see then you walk not as fools, but as wise. Redeem the time because the times are evil. And always remember the emphasis upon the word of God. That every plant that the father did not plant, he will root it out from its root. But we have to watch and pray. There's some people who are called as watchmen over people, over cities, over family, over ministry. You have to wake up. You have to wake up. And there are prophecies over your lives that are still hanging around. You haven't seen the manifestation. You need to wake up. Wake up and start praying and contending. Praying and contending. We're in warfare. The scripture says, Redeem the time, for the days are evil. And always, the scripture says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. To be strong in the Lord is to actually believe that. Whatsoever has happened, whether it's transgenerational, it can be rooted out. It can be utterly destroyed till there's nothing left of it. Be strong in the Lord. In the Lord, knowing that he will do it. And in the power of his might. The power of God can do anything. It can overturn anything and everything. So I just want to say a quick prayer, father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I pray father that your people will act on it. I pray Lord God by your fire and by your spirit, you will awake those that are asleep, encourage them, strengthen them father in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and anybody that's listening today, I want to pray for you. If you, if your family has been lost in the worldliness and you feel like you've lost your child, or if sickness and diseases is attacking your people, your home and people that loves you, awake, awake thou that sleeps, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, because in the day of his power, it says the people shall be willing, be willing to wake up and rise and fight for your life, fight for your destiny, fight for your children in Jesus name. Thank you very much for today. It's been a blessing and I pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you great strength and great power. It is written, "Ye shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon you all in Jesus name and give you strength to overturn everything that the enemy has done over your life. This is Adalia Hansen. You've listened to the Warning television program.
1: This is Jonathan Hansen. I hope you've enjoyed this message by my wife, Adalia Hansen. As you can see, the situation is critical in the United States to have another great awakening. If we don't have another great awakening, this nation is done. The republic will fall. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org. www.worldministries.org www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagles Saving Nations. The whole focus of that is to have another great awakening. Return right back to Pentecost, to Terry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to fill national football stadiums, NBA stadiums. You can join Eagles Saving Nation. Subscribe. Be either a golden eagle, a bald eagle, or a white eagle. Only the church can save this nation. Help us now. Thank you. I'm going to speak today. Now, I'm actually in the, our chapel here at World Ministries International. It's a live audience. And uh, the message is how to keep your deliverance. How to keep your deliverance. You could have other titles to it. How to demon-proof your life. But the message is how to keep your deliverance, if you want to give it a title. Now, you must understand demons are fallen angels. They come to bring, one, confusion, disease, mental illness, death. But you have to open doors. Christians are constantly under satanic attack. Much of these attacks can be avoided. Sure, Satan will always attack and look for ways to hurt us. But like any battle a country or person finds themselves in, we can minimize the pain, suffering, and casualties if we have a strong defense by closing opportunities for the enemy to take advantage of us we must be able to have all our weapons at our disposal and our defenses in place to ward off the attacks and put the enemy to flight. Again, the message, how to keep your deliverance. How to keep your salvation. How to demon-proof your life. The text, Ephesians six thirteen through 18. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Now listen carefully. We must do all of these things, not one thing. Take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in every day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth. Truth is critical. To know the truth that sets you free. Do we want to know truth, or do we... Don't mind living a lie, living in a lie, living in fantasy, ignoring reality, sticking our head in the sand where our tail feathers are blown off. Some Christians, hey, don't say anything. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't care about the dangers around me. Don't speak it. you become a casualty. Having done all to stand, stand therefore girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is the will of God. Selfishness is the will of man. When you are selfish, you serve yourself. Your pride is in control. Your opening door for demonic activity. Having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We're supposed to be men known by our love, by our peace. If you... Get somebody who acts like a maniac on the road. Do you respond in kind, shake your fist, drive after him? I mean, that's foolish. They might pull out a gun and shoot you because of your pride, trying to chase somebody that got you angry. Are we there? I bet you people are watching and they're guilty of this. Maybe some in this very room. Taking the shield of faith, which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield of faith. Faith is not going by emotions. It's doing what God says. I had to forgive somebody and I didn't feel like it. My emotions didn't want to, but I chose to go and do it. Faith is not going by emotions. Emotions will always go against faith. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God, the word of God. Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness by the word of God. That's why he didn't succumb to all of the temptations and jump off the cliff so that the angels could spare him. No, he would have died. Because he was made in the image of man. That's why man could kill him. The Word of God, praying always with all prayer and manifestation and supplication in the Spirit. Not in the flesh, not in our carnality, not by our selfish desires. In the Spirit, according to the will of God. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Again, Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. To effectively walk out of darkness, we need to become wholly submitted to God. Resisting the devil. Submitted to God. We must be covered in the only protection that the enemy cannot penetrate. That's the full armor of God. In other words, we don't live in our carnality. We don't live on our selfish desires, our emotions. If you do, you're not wholly submitted to God and you're going to be subject to demonic activity. Satan does not give in quickly. And unfortunately, we see the casualties of his efforts every day. People who at one time were on fire for God are now out, drifting aimlessly. Satan is desperate. Let us stay aware of what he is trying to do. We must be passionate about staying out of bondage and seeing others live free as well. We must be passionate to keep ourselves free to work out our salvation, to put on the whole armor. If you're in a battle, in war, if you don't, you'll be killed. Or you'll be a casualty. They might have to amputate parts of your body. One, put off the old man. Ephesians 4, 21 through 32. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off Concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put off your old man. If you've had demons cast out of you, don't continue to go back to the old man. Transform your mind with the word of God. Close the doors. Don't go in a rut. And all of a sudden, you rely on the past mentality which are going to open the doors and demonic activity is going to attack you again. Only worse. Yes, I do believe spirits can enter somebody. If spirits cannot enter somebody, then you can't have disease because it goes into the body, not the spirit. Now, we can give you countless examples of Christians overseas, being saved on Sunday and being delivered from demons on Saturday because when they are babies in those countries, they're taken to the temples, offered to the gods, and if they're offered to the monkey god, they start prancing around like a monkey as we cast demons out of Christians. And I've cast demons out of just about every church I've gone to out of people in the church, including the worship pastor. Now, what are you going to say? They never were Christian? Nonsense. It's your bad theology and denomination that you sit under. Therefore, putting away lying. You know, some people find it easy to lie. than tell the truth. Let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Again, I wish I could expound on this, but I want to cover my other two points. Be angry and do not sin. Again, you get back to road rage. Some people are foolish enough to shake their fists back and then follow the person. What do you want to do? Get your head blown off or your wife? That's carnality. That's what a kid does. For we are members of one another. Be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. You know, my wife will tell you. If, if, no matter what, in the daytime. We do not go to bed angry. I grab her, I kiss her, I say, I'm sorry. She says she's sorry, or I encourage her to say it. <laughs> but we will not go down, <laughs> with, you know, <clears> the <throat> sun so going down on our wrath, no, no, no. And don't ever let it happen to anybody. That's the way to break relationships, to break marriages, to break schisms in churches. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Deal with that. It's just carnality and the devil trying to use our carnality, our pride, to cause trouble. Don't do it. Relationship is too important as well as your freedom, your deliverance, your salvation. Be angry and sin not. Nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good. That he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. In other words, no gossip, slander, backbiting. It's very prevalent in most churches. That's why they don't grow. That's why they have church splits. Carnal carnal people with a big mouth. Oh, did I say that too bluntly? It's only your carnality, your pride if I hurt you a little bit. Okay, prideful people with a big mouth. Is that better? Okay. We've gotta watch our mouth. Only the Holy Spirit can control our tongue. If not, your tongue will get the better of you and you'll cause trouble. You'll cause animosity. You'll break relationships. The Holy Spirit has to control our tongue, not your flesh. This is how you stay out of demonic activity from re entering you if you've had deliverance. Watch your mouth. Watch what you say. Watch what you watch. Keep your heart pure. If you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. See, these are powerful verses. If God doesn't forgive us, we are subject to demonic activity attacking us because that hedge of protection is no longer there. We broke it by violating the word of God. Let him who stole steal no more. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. At Costco. I'm going to say this quickly I got to move on. but uh, we're you know long lines for gas. I looked in a window I couldn't see anybody there so I went around this car. I don't know where the guy came from. I don't know if he was banging down in the back of the car doing tying a shoe what he was doing but he wasn't in the car at the moment. he got mad. Oh my goodness, you cut the line. Now, I could, have got, got, I could have just jumped out and said, hey, you weren't there. Get off my back. Well, that would have escalated a fight. So a, a soft answer turns right around. I said, I'm sorry, sir. I said, I looked in your car. You weren't there. But hey, you go ahead of me. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. It was my fault. I didn't return evil for evil. I didn't shake my fist and say, hey, you weren't there. Don't chase a fool unless you want that fool to pull out a gun. I tell my wife, if people are honking, just let them honk. If they want to talk in tongues to me (laughs) with their hands, just ignore them and keep driving. Amen? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with your mouth for what is good for necessary edification. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed of the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, speaking evil, be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4, 21 through 32. Are you with me? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That's the best way to stay out of demonic activity. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is something we have to work at, meaning we have to apply the Word of God to our life and not let our flesh lead us. It's crucial that you understand the consequences of continuing, continuing to wear old garments. When you hold onto your old lifestyle after being set free by the blood of Jesus, you're allowing Satan to take advantage of you. The fact that you have been invited Jesus into your life does not mean that you're going to stay free of the devil unless you have closed all doors to the devil. And when you break it with your mouth or angry or gossip, bitterness, you're opening the doors and the blood of Jesus is not covering you right now if the death angel came. All he needs is one small opening and his hunger for control begins a search for other areas of access to your life as well. When he gains power, you end up in the same position you were before you were saved or before demons were cast out of you. Only worse. Are we together? I hope so. Some people have had demons cast out of them. Man, if you want to get worse, just be a fool. What does that mean? Bible definition of a fool is you don't respect the word of God, what I'm teaching. You don't accept it. You don't respect it. You have your own rules. You're a fool, God says. We have to understand these things if we want to stay free, if we want to stay delivered. When you hold on to the old man, refuse to walk into the new man, you cannot reach the potential God has called you into. You will never reach your destiny. It is impossible to be a benefit to the kingdom of God because you are wrapped up in personal struggles. You're always praying and asking God to take the devil off your back when you put him on your back. You open the doors. The truth is, Christ has already made the provision for your freedom. He has made a way for you to be useful in establishing his kingdom, but it will take you putting your flesh under subjection to the spirit of God. If you are playing games with God or holding on to areas of the flesh, you are the one who are giving access to the enemy. Reality is not that complicated. When you provide a place for the devil, he takes control, and there is no good in him. James 4, seven: resist the devil, and he will flee. Submit yourselves then to God. Number two, do not neglect relationship. One of the ways we give place to the devil is merely neglecting our relationship with Jesus Christ. If you do not read your Bible or spend time in God's presence, you leave yourself open to attacks. You say, I know God. If you don't know the word of God, how do you know God? Because he doesn't speak to you other than through the word. And the Holy Spirit brings that to your remembrance. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was a word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. If you don't read the Word of God, how do you know God? You don't. Other than your opinion, your philosophy brought about by talking to whatever foolish friends that you deal with. Because if they were good friends, you would be in the Bible with the Word because they would challenge you. Hey, how's your relationship going with God? How much time did you spend with God today? Not just talking about football, baseball, and apple pie. God doesn't care about your football, baseball, or your apple pie. Your husband might care about your apple pie. But God doesn't care about your apple pie. And he doesn't care how many home runs you hit. He cares about how many souls you led to Christ. Can you cast out demons? He cares about that. Are you a warrior? Can you put on the armor? Do you know how to fight for him? Do you know how to extend the kingdom of God? Or you just smile at the enemy? Satan takes advantage of you. Often great people who love the Lord find themselves overtaken with trials and struggles because they are trying to do the right thing. They stay away from apparent sins and lusts of the flesh, but neglect coming into a relationship with Christ himself. The Jews realize they can't work out their salvation. And those that think so, they're going to realize it. It is not about the works you do for Christ. It's about the percentage of your life that you submit to him. He wants all of your life. Point number three, be open to correction. Proverbs 13, 1, a wise son hears his father's instructions, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. You can tell if you're trying to correct somebody or teach somebody, and they're checked out because of their pride. They're just checked out. Their pride's in control closes off their mind. You can be talking to a brick wall. That person is subject to demonic activity and attacks. If he's been delivered, they're coming back. Our God loves us more than we can imagine. It is that love that risks everything to tell us the truth. If it involves correction, no one wants to hear about discipline or correction. Nobody does. People leave churches. Oh! The pastor talked to me. Well, good. Unless he's a hireling, he's supposed to talk to you. He's supposed to prepare your soul for heaven. Not just slap you on the back. God bless you, even though you're a gossiper. He might take you aside and talk to you nicely. Hey, you can't say these things. This is called gossip. Is that all good? Amen? Amen? But you will never grow unless you are willing to be refined by the fire. As parents, we love and comfort our children. Still, there are times when we must straighten our out bad behavior. Every parent has had to correct their children. I had to give little MJ a little pop on the butt today. Why? Because of the bookshelf I don't want him to touch. He loves Terry's books, but he can't touch mine. He's got to learn, no, what books are good, his books? What books are? My books. Are we together? Spare the rod, spoil the child. He's learning. <laughs> a man, a parent who loves the child will correct it or that child will destroy himself when they grow up. They will destroy themselves. They'll be ruled by their lust and their pride. They'll be destroyed. We must correct our children. We must straighten out bad behavior. If we walk according to the flesh, holding on to habits, addictions, and mindsets that keep us bound, we need to correct those ways, including bad mindsets. We said fallen angels, demons, bring confusion, mental illness, disease, and death. This way we can be more effective For Jesus, I believe it breaks God's heart to see the enemy take advantage of you or wreck havoc in your life, in your ministry, in your family, in your marriage, in the church. Do not shut yourself out from the comfort and love God wants to provide through correction. Proverbs 19, 20. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls. Your soul, will, mind, and emotions. As those who will have to give an account. We give an account to how we raise our children. We give an account how we pastor a church. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. For that would be of no advantage to you. You love it when you can turn a person, a staff member, into a man or woman of God. You don't like it when they're just so stubborn you have to finally fire them. And in anything, there does come a point of no return. Deuteronomy 27.16 Cursed is anyone who dishonors their father or mother. Could be who dishonors their pastor if he's a righteous man or woman. uh, Their employer... Their teacher, then all the people should say, Amen. Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. We talked today about how to keep your deliverance. Put on the whole armor of God. Point number one was put off the old man. Point number two was do not neglect relationship. Point number three was be open to correction. We have to do this. It's especially important if we have gone through ministries for deliverance. Have we had demons cast out of us? If you don't take this seriously, they're going to come back in only worse. Again, how to keep your deliverance, how to demon-proof your life, how to keep your salvation. All of this is critical. So you can be blessed, you can be encouraged, you can spread revival, you can spread another great awakening. I hope you've enjoyed these programs tonight. My telephone number is 360-629-5248. 3606-29-5248. 3606 You can always telephone. We take all forms of credit cards, PayPal, Zelle, or you could send a check. Make it out to WMI. Send it to World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. You can always donate via my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. May God richly bless you.
3: Friends, that was a powerful word from Dr. Jonathan and Adalia Hansen. I tell you, we are blessed to be able to simulcast with World Ministries. Again, worldministries.org It has been a major backbone of Omega Man Radio since we started. The Lord, again, touching my heart in 2001, listening to the warning daily broadcast, convicted me to go all in for Him. and uh, I praise the Lord for that ministry which continues in the power of the Holy Ghost to this day. I've been fed over the years through World Ministries and I continue to, and I hope you will join me in helping them get the warning message out. Any amount helps give directly to uh, Dr. Hansen and the ministry at worldministries.org. Now they have Zelly, which is pretty cool. Give you another option addition to PayPal and other methods. Every week uh, we're honored to i uh, bring to you more messages from uh, the ministry, Dr. Hansen. And uh, thank you again, Dr. Hansen and Sister Adalia, for this great
4: message. We thank you for listening to the Warning Radio Program. Now, we invite you to order Dr. Hansen's book, The Science of Judgment. Listen to this brief promo. Thank you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled, The Science of Judgment. God is Predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws, or the rules of design, regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Thank you and Shalom.